Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. All right. Well, I'd love to invite our dear brother Tatenda up as well. Tatenda, I, I could use all of his time just introducing him this morning, and we don't have that opportunity. But I want you to know a few key things about Tatenda. He's a humble brother and servant of the Lord who has walked through so many challenges and adversities to be faithful to God, really calling him and the churches to things that are impossible, the things they don't have the resource to do, don't have the preparation, don't have the gifting to do. But he's seen the Lord be strong. He's seen the Lord be enough over and over and over. Uh, many of you know the, the work that our family has done, the work that this church has done with partners like Silent Guashavanu, who lives uh, less than a mile away from Tatenda. Their friends, their, their church networks are part of this family of churches that we're part of. It, it happens that the network that Tatenda leads outnumbers all of the other networks there that we cooperate with put together, and you'd never know that from the way he interacts with the other leaders and other brothers. He, he knows how to brother and to come alongside. He doesn't throw his weight around, but he's been a faithful brother in what the Lord's called him to. He's a friend to our friends and now as well, a friend of many of us increasingly here in this church. So we welcome you. We're glad that you're here. Let's pray together as we hear the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the voices that you use to communicate your heart to us. Lord, we thank you for a living word, God, that's written not on tablets of stone, but on lives and human hearts. God, breathe by your spirit, Lord, that we would hear and receive as our brother shares with us, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Greetings in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, I just want to bring greetings from my beautiful wife and my four children. And uh, from all the leaders of LifeLink Network in Zimbabwe, and, you know, and uh, greetings from my great nation, you know, of Zimbabwe. To those who don't know Zimbabwe, we are right close to the bottom of Africa, if you have ever seen the map of Africa. I just want to thank, you know, John and the leadership, you know, of this, you know, church for allowing me to stand before you this morning. And I also want to thank you uh, for allowing John to come to us last August. He was such a great blessing to us. Uh, back home, they call him Mana Seized. They don't call him John. You know, he, he brought a word that really set us on motion. And, uh, you know, he's doing a great work in our midst. So you guys, if you don't have anything for John to do, who'd rather have him in Zimbabwe? <laughs> so, uh, what a pleasure, what a joy this morning to fellowship and to worship with the saints. And I, I love church. I don't know where I could be without the church. So I always love to be in church. This morning I'm going to share the word of God from 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. And reading, 
reading from the 13th verse going to the end of that chapter. <clears throat> Sorry, I will start um I'll start from the 7th 7th verse then I'll go down. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who, sorry, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest, manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sex, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause the thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Wherefore, we do not lose that, even though our outward man um, is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. May the God richly bless the reading of his word. Uh, this morning I'm going to speak on a title that I've said, Seeing the Future to Stand the Present. I'll repeat again. Seeing the future to stand the present. You know, from this portion of scripture that I've read from, you hear Paul talking of many experiences that he went through. And as a child of God, as a believer, you would really ask yourself, did this man complete his mission? Did he go to the end, you know, of that which he was doing because of the many adversities that he says we go through? I'm a strong believer of the word of God, but I don't believe in name it and have it. I know us as children of God, we will go through difficult times. 
there will be dark days in our lives. But what will keep us going forward as we have just heard from our sister, you know, Denise, you know, with what I see on the news, I just wonder how she does it. But what keeps you going, you know, when you are facing challenges in your very own life? Unless you see something in the future, it will be difficult to stand the present circumstances. You know, God has set up the church as the vehicle and instrument that he shows his glory through his people. Whenever we come to church, we don't come to church by accident. We come to church because of the divine appointment and divine leading of God. The church prays for us when we are not yet in the church, when we are still lost. The church prays for us. God raised up a church, gives that church a mandate, a vision. And we come into the church because of the vision that the church has been given from above. That's why we pass other churches and go into one church. It is because that church has been praying for me when I was lost. When I didn't know Christ. They were crying out to God. They were praying to God. So you didn't choose a church. You were led by God into a church. The Bible tells us in the book of First Chronicles chapter, chapter 17, you know, verse 9. It says, I will ordain a place where I will plant my, my, my children, Israel. And in that place, they shall not be wasted anymore at the beginning by the enemy. God appoints places where he puts his children. I believe we are here at Mercy Hill because God has ordained this place for you and to plant you. You know, there is no window shopping for church. We are in a church because God has appointed, he has set that place, he has ordained it for, for your life. And he says, I will plant you and you will not be wasted again anymore as at the beginning by the enemy. We become part of a church because of God's working, not our own working, not our own doing, but it's God who leads us. It's God who directs us. And you, you read the Bible, you know, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. The Bible says, you know, God joins us, each one, into his body. And each member of the body supplies to the growth of the church. So God joins us, he brings us, he plans us, and he joins us into the church. And each member supplieth to the well-being, to the growth of the church. Now, it takes me as a believer to realize that God led me here and to become part of this family. Until you begin to see the future, until you begin to see yourself in the life of that church, 
you will not last long. And the appearance of, you know, challenges and diversity, you will pack your things and leave. Because you don't see yourself, who you will be, what you can be, what you can bring to the well-being of this body. Every church goes through its own dark times. Every family goes through their own dark times. Every institution, every company, even where you are working, unless you begin to see the future, you can't stand the present. When problem rises up, you duck down and flee. You go into hiding because you don't see the future. So Paul here tells us and he explains and says we go through these pressures, we go through these problems. And he then he refers to them as these light afflictions. They are but for a moment. <laughs> what makes me to last is that when I look my circumstance, I don't take it as a permanent solution, as a permanent situation that I would ever be. I acknowledge that I'm going through difficult, but it's for a moment. It's for a season. It's not going to last long. When our church is going through difficult times, I don't pack my bags and leave because I have seen something in this church. I understand God has joined me. God has planted me in this church. And in this church, I'm going to flourish and I'm going to be a fruit. I'm going to supply something. I'm not coming to church as a spectator. But I'm coming to church as a participator. It doesn't matter you have come today. It is the Holy Spirit who has directed you to the well-being of this body. He has put into you something that will increase the effectiveness of this ministry, of this body. So Paul says these light afflictions, they are but for a moment. They are not lasting. What keeps me believing and calling on God when I have this opposition coming against my life is I'm seeing what God has laid ahead for me. I went to plant a church in a place in 1995. A night before we started the meetings, a certain woman had a dream and she dreamt of a tent and she dreamt, you know, of a, a thin, tall young man preaching. And she, she joined in the singing in her dream. She joined in the singing that was happening in there. And she woke up in the morning singing the song. It was so much in, alive in her heart. And she shared with her husband that she was going to work. And said, I have had this kind of a dream. I was young and foolish. I came into the area without permission to preach or to set up a tent. I came in the middle of the night. I set up my tent and set all the equipment to launch the crusade the following day. She woke up and went to work. She never saw the tent. She came back from work, never saw the tent, went into her house, prepared dinner for her family, had their dinner, 
her husband went to sleep early. And when she was washing the dish to clean up, she heard the song she had sung in the dream. And she woke up her husband and said, where is this singing coming from? The husband went outside the house and heard the direction where we had the tent. And she, she said "Can you, to her husband, can you take me there? Her husband brought her. As she walked into the tent, it's at night. She can't really see the color of the tent. It's at night. She walks in and right in front, there's a young man who is preaching who was me. The very young man whom she saw in her dream. When I made an appeal, she gave her life to Christ. Few years down the road, the pastor had put in the place, talked to the whole leadership and said, let's leave Tatenda, let's leave this church. Including her. She looked at the pastor, she said, I didn't come here because of a man. I came here because God spoke to me. My life is planted in this church. I'm sorry, sir, you can go alone. The pastor took the rest of the leadership and left. And she stayed. She was a deacon. She served well in the Lord. God has called her. She's a pastor who is leading that, that very church now. Out of that church, she planted 19 churches. Out of her own section. Why? Because she saw something in the future. When problems came, she could stand it because she had seen something. When you came to this church, do you see yourself serving in this church? Do you see yourself having something that you can offer for, for the growth of the ministry? In the church where, I, where I'm you know, part of now, which I've been leading for years, which I started you know, in the beginning, we, we, just, we just had an open space. We had some few sheets, roofs of asbestos on top of us. Nothing, no, nothing, no enclosure. Nothing, no, we, we sat in, on the dirty, right on the ground. Next door to me is a beautiful church, which was built by Hillary Clinton when she came to Zimbabwe. That was her church. She went in and, and she has helped, you know, build that church. We are finishing church. We are going out. Those years we, we would do, greet each other as we go out of the church in a circle. And we are singing a song and we are just closing the meeting. And they are also finishing their service. A man who had come into that church looking for a place to worship heard our singing quickly dug out of the church came round in an open field in an open space. Church is already finished. No prayer. No preaching. And as he walked into the grounds, he felt, I am home. We are dismissing. He went home, he told his wife, I have found the church that we have been looking for. They have been in my church, and now they are leaders in my church. There should be some resonating as you come into our midst. Something must just tell you, it doesn't matter you have heard the preaching, you haven't even heard, but something tells you, I have arrived. This is where I belong. This is the leading of God. And when that happens, when any, anything attacks you, you know I am home. These 
afflictions are bad for a season. What makes me to go on? What makes me to press forward? You read about, you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 16 to 33, you hear about Paul talking about his experiencing. He says, I've been on the ship. I have had shipwreck. I have, you know, gone without food. I have been in the cold. You know, he, he lines all those kind of things. And you say to yourself, how did this man kept on going? You read in the book of Acts, they stoned him. They took him out of the city. And he went in and they left him for dead. After hours, he rose up and he still continued with the mission. What keeps you going? When your husband does not believe in God and he's going the opposite direction, what keeps you going? When your daughter, when your son is on drugs, unless you see in that person that one day God will save him, he can be a deacon in our church, he can be an usher. Yes, he, he is on drugs, but I see an usher. I see a child of God in him. Then you can't keep on going. There are times when you pray and the heavens seem like they are sealed. Your prayer is hitting there and coming back. What keeps you going and believing and holding on is what you see in the future. It will make you to stand the presence. Paul says, even though our outward man is perishing, Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. What makes you love God when there are calamities in your life? What makes you love God when your mother is dying of cancer? What makes you love God when, when things are contrary to your expectation? Seeing the future will help you to stand the present. Your love of God is not based on your circumstances. Your love of God is based on what you see that is ahead. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 23 to verse 26. The Bible says, even though Moses was raised, was hidden away you know, from the Egyptians and raised up by the daughter of Pharaoh, and the Bible says, though Moses, you know, he lived in the courts of Pharaoh, he chose to go and identify with the children of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a moment. And he says, it is better to suffer the reproach of Christ because of the reward he saw. I look at this, I look at it in the eyes of a sportsman. Who, who, who has a goal? Who says, this is where I want to be? And because of that, you voluntarily choose to say, I will not eat this food. Because though it is good food, though it's tasty, though I have an appetite for it, I will not eat it. Because it is not good for my sportsmanship. 
You say to yourself, I'm not going to sleep until this time. Because of my sportsmanship. I, I grew up in a police camp. And, uh, you know, I would see this guy. He became a policeman because he was an athlete. And he competed and lifted the flag of our nation. I would come from school. In the heat of the day, it's scorching. The man is on the road. He is running. What makes him not to feel the heat the same way we feel it? It's because of what he sees, you know, lying ahead of him. It's the same thing like Moses. He, he had the comfort of Egypt. He had everything that he could, he could want, but he chose rather to suffer with the children. You know, at times there are decisions I would make for myself for the sake of the gospel because of the things that I see that lay ahead of me. I want us to understand, my brothers, there are things we do for the sake of our testimony for Jesus Christ. I want Christ to be seen through me. I, I, I might love this, I might like it, but because of Christ, this is who I am going to be. This is what I'm going to do. This is the sacrifices I'm going to take for my life. Seeing the future to stay in the present. When I went into ministry, when I started you know, caring you know, for orphans, just like our sister has been saying, you know, people will say, why are you doing this? Where is the fruit? At times you don't even see it. But in the eyes of your spirit, you see something. I see missionaries in these children. I see preachers. I, I, I see, you know, you know, leaders of companies out of those Syrian children. I'm seeing something that no anyone else can see. So it keeps me going. When the winds of opposition rise up, I can go through them. Because of what I see. Seeing the future. To stand the present. In your walk with God. In your walk with this church. What do you see? When you get into this church. What do you see? Do you see the church growing? Do you see yourself. You know being one of the ushers. Do, do you see yourself. As one of the Sunday school teachers. If you see something. No matter what rises up. You know, when I became a believer and I came to church, you know, in those years, you know, we would put on suits and ties and the, 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 the ladies would dress well. And I would sit, you know, on the shoulders of the, the men and, and, their, and their suits. You know, I would, I would see like wings are just beginning to grow on them. And these guys are angels. And their, their wings are about to come out. Later I realized that they were people. And they would make mistakes. And they would offend me. <laughs> they would do things not the way I would want things done. I realized it was not my way, but it was his way. Unfortunately, you know, the, the, the way of dying through the cross is not instant. 
It's a long process. You scream while you are there. <laughs> my Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken me? You are there. And it was a long process to realize that things are not only done my way, the way I want them. It, is, it should be his way. To realize that in the church we are all, you know, looking and seeking for the grace of God. My brothers were not angels. They would do wrong things. They would offend me. They would disappoint me. But what keeps me connected with them is because I know God brought me here. I did not come by myself. It's what I saw. Seeing the future to stand the present. Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. The Bible says we lay aside every weight of sin. Looking unto Jesus. Who for the joy that was set before him. Endured the shame of the cross. Hallelujah. What kept Jesus hang on the cross? It was because of the joy. It was not the nails that kept him there. It was the joy that he saw, which was said before him, the joy of you and me being saved. We who were far away off, we were not part of the family of God. We were Gentiles. And he saw us being saved, being taken out of the bondage and the clutches of the enemy, of the devil. And because of that joy, he hung on the cross and died for us. Seeing the future to stand the present. My brother, my sister, your own fuel to keep you going in this walk with the Lord is what you see that is laid ahead of you. That will keep you going. The Bible, you know, Paul, as he has outlined in the past scriptures that I have shared, he says in Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 17 and verse 18, he says, the Lord was with me. He strengthened me. When I, when I see what the Lord has held for me, when I see what God wants me, you know, to be, you know, brothers always say, thank God, I'm not what I used to be. Which means God has done a work of transformation in me. He has changed me. And Paul says, the Lord strengthened me and delivered me from the mouth of the lion. He looks around and says, I thank God. I, I wouldn't be alive today. With all that I went through, the Lord stood with me. He strengthened me. And he delivered me. You know, from the mouth of the lion. And verse 6 to verse 8, he says, For I see I have run a good race. I have fought a good fight. I see the crown. That is being held for me. And for others who will come. What kept this man going? You know, when he's floating on water on the sea. Was the crown. 
crowd waiting for him. Brothers and sisters, this journey we walk, we have a common enemy, the devil. He would not want us to, to, to continue. He will raise up and throw up everything in our, in our face. But what keeps us going? It's what we see ourselves in God. What we see God doing in us. What keeps me praying? What keeps me, you know, lifting up my family, my brothers before God? It's what I see God doing through them. I said of Smith, we go with his wife, that she came to know the Lord first before him. He was a plumber. He didn't know the Lord. And he was so handy, you know, the things of God. And whenever she said she's going for an evening meeting, you know, they say he will lock the door for her. And she would sleep by the door. In the morning when Smith was about to go to work, he opens the door. She will come in and make, you know, a lunch box for him and give him. And he would go. What kept this woman going? I ask it myself. It's what she saw in her husband. One day this man shall be saved. One day this man shall be a man of God. And surely enough, without anyone preaching to him, the Holy Spirit visited him where he was walking and he gave his life to Christ. Seeing the future to stand the present. John, the apostle, put it well in 1 John chapter 3 verse 2. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God. For we know not who we will be. But when he appears, we shall be like him. When he appears, though I don't know who I shall be, but when he appears, I shall be like him. God bless you.